This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. We're holding now in Perikimel, Migdal Surus. The um, first two prokim led us to the point where they came back, Naomi and Rus came back to Eretz Yisrael. They were poor, they were impoverished. Um, Rus went collecting um, wheat, and she went from, from to collect the leket, the shik on the peya, the the wheat that you're supposed to leave over, the grain that you're supposed to leave over for the poor people. She happened upon Boaz. Boaz was very nice to her, treated her extremely well, made sure that she got, and so on. And now, Perry Gimel starts with Naomi hatching her plan in order to try and see if the Shiloh with Boaz could work. So Nachsayisif says, V'tom lo nomi chamosa, in dvore elosha Naomi, noite sipura migilom imahalcha eshaket shaperek hakodem, v'nichnas lafik chadash shekule molem tichos nefesh. It moves from being passive um, to becoming proactive. Bechol ma'ashir ad koi, lahoisa Naomi mu'chavernes v'esmar ha'advarim. Up until this point, Naomi was not the one directing and 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 uh, being proactive about what's going to happen. She did not call Rus to follow to back to Israel. She even pushed away the way the halacha is. Going to the field to collect was Rus's idea. Meeting up with Boaz was um, the, a coincidence. Like it says, Vayike Mikreha. It happened to be that she passed a chance upon um, his field. And slowly a web was beginning to be woven around them. Up to this point, Naomi did not act, but she began to understand something is happening. When she heard from Rus, Naomi understood that something, there's an opportunity here that one could not even have imagined. And now the time has come to get involved. And like Hazal say, she began thinking and saying, maybe um, Boaz might even marry her. And she began convincing her to the plot that she's about to um, give over. <clears throat> now, first of all, like he explained before, this whole idea of Boaz marrying Rus was unthinkable. Um, Rus was a Moavia, which was a family, it was a nation that was at constant loggerheads with Klai Yisrael. They, they, the men were not allowed into Klai Yisrael at all. Her being allowed to marry a Jew needed a, a special halacha that they came up with. They, The family she had been part of was a disgraced family, terribly disgraced family. 
Her husband had been a prestigious family, married her while she wasn't Jewish. And her, um, and everyone had died out and she came back. They were at the lowest rung of prestige in Kaiso. Boaz was the Godlador, he was the Shofate. And he was at the very height, end height of his career. So it was unthinkable. There's something here about um, Naomi's acting when she decides to be proactive and when not, that bears further thought. We struggle a lot in the tug of war between Bitochen and Ishtadlus, between relying on Kaddish Baruch Hu and working to accomplish what we need to. Those two are mutually very exclusive. Bitochon seems to imply a sort of laid-back, take it easy, don't do anything, Hashem does everything. And Ishtadlus is im enanilimili. If you're not going to do it, who is going to do it? And for us, it tends to be a certain tension. It, it seems as if the, they should work hand in hand. When a person senses that there is an element of Hashkacha and Seattle Dishmaya. That's something that could bring in now is the time for Ishtadlus. When a person goes and he sort of he, he, he does actions that seem hopeless, there's a certain denial of Hashkacha. It's like if I push hard enough, even if it doesn't seem possible, so why am I doing it? It's because I'm desperate. There's no other way that it can happen. So in a certain sense, those type of activities don't take don't take Bitochen into account. Don't take into account that Baruch who's on the world. But when I sense that there is a Hashkacha, when I sense that there's some sort of Seatosh Maya, and HaKadosh Baruch would like it to happen, now is the time to redouble my efforts and to start working. Until this point, the idea of finding any type of shidduch for Rus was unthinkable. And to just, out of desperation, stand and bang away is a lack of bitachon. But once there has been a, 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 an opening where HaKadosh Baruch Hu seemed to have brought together an extraordinary confluence of events, so now I understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is directing a certain way, but he wants us to be mishtadl. And this is where she's being mishtadl. She says, Nomi understands um, how wonderful this event could happen. This event could be. The, the, um, the idea that if this marriage goes through, she herself will be redeemed. She'd been part of a family that had been condemned. And now, if this shit goes through, she will, um, it, it, there'll be a Pasik that will say, a child is born into Naomi. It wasn't literally born to Naomi, but it, it's by extension from Naomi. And everything else will become rehabilitated. Her family will become rehabilitated. And in the works of Kali Yisrael, on those great books, the Tanakh will be written, 
Eishes Machlom, Kanisa I have acquired Rus, the, the Morvit, the wife of Machlom, as a wife, Lehokim Shem HaMesal Nachlosoi, to redeem the name of her husband who had passed away, and his name will not become erased. In other words, the act of remarrying gives the family back its name. So it's something that she knew and understood that this is the opportunity. And if Hashem has sent it this way, then she now needs to act. It says in the Targum that Naomi swore she will not rest until she fulfills um, this task. Now, if we listen carefully in the Pasik, it also says, I will look for a rest and that will be good for you, and we'll explain soon what that means. But let's focus a minute on the word menuach. Nomi swore the Targum says, Shalot she will not rest until she fulfills her task. He says this is reminiscent of David that he will not, the Pasik says, that if I will allow myself to go to sleep until I find a place to build the base Hashem. So both um, of these events, both Nomi looking for Shidduch for Rus and uh, the David HaMelech um, looking to build the base HaMikdash, having that the element of not finding a rest until one does it. Let's try to understand a little bit um, what this is about. Yes, it, on, on, a, on, a, on a simple level, it means they'll work very, very hard, tirelessly to accomplish something. Okay, that's that's correct. But there's a lot more than that. The word menucha has a very, very special meaning in Lashna Kodesh. Rashi says, in Kisisa, it says, Shabbos Shabbosayin. So Rashi says, Menuchas Margoa, below Menuchas Aroi. Shabbos has to be a rest of Margoa, which means tranquility and so on, and not a temporary rest. So let's understand what that word, what the difference in the two types of Menucha are. um, Rest for us means (coughs) rest. But there's two, there are really two um, very different shades of meaning in that word. One is destination. A person has a goal, has a destination. He has to come home. He has to go to that country. He has to um, do something. That is, um, that's one description of Menucha. The Maral in many places speaks about Menucha, meaning everything has a natural point of equilibrium and things have to come to that resting place, 
that point of equilibrium. So the flux, the, the, the flow is simply a way to get to there. But once something has reached its destination, then that's it. There's a different um, meaning in rest, a different use of it, like where I'm traveling and I'm tired and in order to continue and to drive safely, I need to take time out and to take a nap. That's also called resting, but it's not destination in any sense of the word. The, um, we do not believe that anything in this world is real menucha. Menucha is Liyom Shekula Shabbos U Menucha Chayalamin. Rashi says that we have to treat Shabbos as Menuchas Margoa Plumosaroi means. Menucha in the sense that here we've come to our destination. The reason I stop traveling, I come home, it's because I've come home. So that Menucha is what Shabbos is about. It, it's a whole different perspective on Shabbos. Some people, um, and they present themselves as being Shomer Torah, and they are technically, say Shabbos is an absolute must. People will, will wear themselves to the bone, will destroy themselves. You need to take out time. It's, that is correct. And technically, people keep Shabbos. But that's not Shabbos Shabbosom. It's not the recognition that Shabbos is it, but rather it's, um, I'm using Shabbos as a necessary uh, refreshment for the rest of the week. The main thing is the work week, but a, a, an astute person understands that that's something that can't um, go on without some rest. So, when David HaMelech swore they will know no menucha to be Beis HaMikdash, it's because he has set the Beis HaMikdash as the point of menucha for himself and for Kali Yisrael. So I can take a nap, I can, I can take a, a pause to catch my breath. But what does it mean that I settle into tranquility? I, I've, here I am. As, as a Melech Yisrael, my job is to build Besamikdash, and that's the Menucha. The same thing here with Naomi. She understood now that the goal of her life is to build this house of David. And therefore, I, I will not know Menucha until I don't finish doing it. So the first point, the first thing we put into place when we select when we decide to do something is to set where our menucha is what's my goal when 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 have i come home what have i come home to that becomes um the focal point so both nomi and her great-grandson david um shared this comic characteristic of taking Malchus based David in Omi's case and based Hamikdash Noramelech's case made that the point of Manoach and not allow to not allow themselves to find Menucha in anything else. Then he says, he continues on to Nachas Yosef. He says, 
Borosha Tachlis Shilohoisa Kayemis Derek Gil Hotsis of the Fall, Oisonomi Barbat Sosanazis. It's clear that had there been any normal way of ha- making this happen, that she would never have chosen this way. Let's understand the plan that, that wasn't that was actually carried out was extremely looked extremely unseemly. It it didn't look right. It endangered them. Um and he brings a medrish. It says Boaz told Rus, don't be scared. She was scared he would kill her. Somebody is prowling at night, first thing you do is shoot and he asks questions later. And secondly, the idea that he would want to marry her when it endangers the reputation of his family. What are people going to say? That the Godel Hador fell for a young Morvot woman. The same exact thing that her relative, the Poloni Almoni, um, that was also, he said, I, I can't marry her. It would destroy my family. And more than that, Rus herself, it's not so simple. Yes, she was desperate to get out of her poverty. She wanted to have a normal life. But Boaz was literally one step away from death. Boaz was old and about to die. And he died, in fact, after he married her and they had their child. So um, this was something that Naomi needed to convince her. And that's why she's speaking to her. So he's explaining, why does she need to convince her? The answer is, A, because the plan is, is, is extraordinarily daring. It carries potential for consequences. And Rus herself also needed to be convinced that locking her fortunes with somebody so much older and basically at the end of his life would be good for her. So he explains the Pasik. She says, um, Biti, my daughter, first he says the word Biti and Loch is trying to emphasize something. Nomi is telling Rus, yes, I, in effect, will be um, gaining a lot from it. My name will be redeemed, my family's name. I'll have a legacy, Nomi's children. But believe me that when I'm speaking to you, I'm speaking to you and saying, Biti, my daughter, even if you aren't my daughter-in-law, you're my daughter. I'm looking for you, trying to um, do what is best for you. And I, I sincerely feel that this is, um, you know, for, for, for your benefit and for your good. The, um, the, the he says, Va'ata, hello, Boaz. So, um, first, he, she had to convince her that she's doing it for her welfare. And then she could lay out the plan. He also says the word Manoach, the Chazal say, Mikan She'en Le'isha, Menucha, So we explained the word Manoach just now. And this is an important understanding of personal life. One of the unfortunate distortions in our generation has been that a person can find menucha in a career, in a workplace, in, 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 in 
in, in, in other things. The um, Chazal say Manoach. In other words, a person can definitely get a lot from it. A person can, can enjoy it. A person can accomplish a lot of wonderful things, man or woman. But Manoach, having a place of destination, a woman has a place of destination is when she builds a home. And if she doesn't, that's not that that menucha, which is a quality of the soul, feeling I have been here, that would not happen. That does not happen. So she said, I am now looking for manoach for you. Means um, I'm looking to give you a destination that will give you that sense of having settled, having having arrived. And then he says, okay, so she tells, um, so Nomi tells Rus, Fa'ata, hello Boaz, Modatena Boaz, our acquaintance, Ashayisas Nairoisov, you were together with his, um, with, with his girls that were, they're collecting. Hine hu zayre esgurin asurim alayla. He is going to um, winnow, he's going to thresh, winnow, his um, um, barley crop, his barley granary tonight. So, he, the Nasser speaks about it. I'd like to put in an, a, a point that I think is very, very hidden in the Pasuk. Personal point. The, um, the, the, the Pasuk is describing a physical scene, which was exactly what the Pasuk describes it. It was the night when they would winnow the barley winnowing means they would take the grain that was harvested it had been threshed which means you trample it so that the stalks get removed from the the kernels but it's all mixed up so what you do is you stand with a pitchfork and you pitch the whole thing the flag the 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 the, the all of the um, chaff surrounding it um, is, is light and the wind blows it away. The grain is heavy, falls to the bottom, and you're left just with the grain. In a deeper sense, this reflects the f- f- filtering out and extracting the kernels of good, um, of grain, of life-giving grain from the chaff, which really doesn't do much and is worthless. It's in a certain sense the avoda of removing the good that's in the world despite being buried in a mound of chaff. This is exactly what it was. Chazal said that the reason why Kaddish Baruch Hu did not allow us to fight Moab and and to, to gauge, wage war with them is he said, Shnei Predas Tovos, Yeshua there are two good elements to take out from them, and these it was Rus and it was Naamo. Asia's David. The 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 um so it means in a certain sense Boaz will now tonight be sifting out and coming up with the good in Moab. And you're that one. So that's one shot, it's not his shot. I want to add it. He says he he explains, he, he touches on a different point about Boaz going out 
and watching the field and so on. Boaz was the god Lador. He was an old man and wealthy. And he was the one going out person to do it. So he says, Rus of all the Kisei Kodesh tells us a lot about the day-to-day life of the people involved. It's hard to understand how Boaz, who's the leader of the nation, and like we said before, he, he's, he's a godlador, he's elderly, is lying down in, in, the, in the field and watching the grain. But Chazal did not see it as something that doesn't make sense. Elokovim Zeklaladoros, they established a, um, a point as follows. Sadikim care for the money a lot more than for the body. Because they don't steal. They, in other words, they're very wary of stealing. So now he's going to explain the relationship of these two statements. Why does that make you um, be very careful of your money? So he says, in Boaz's actions, we learn that even the biggest of people needs to be careful with his money. And nothing should stop him from doing that. This is appropriate, the Torah says, and so did Yaakov Avinu when he crossed over the Yabok. He brought over all of his wealth, and then he went back to bring back Pachim Ketanim, the tiny little vessels, like, like little, very unimportant stuff to teach us that even when a person is wealthy, a person needs to be cautious with every penny. Um, what's the reason? So he says, if we if we look at it, we, we see from this um, a very important lesson, which really would contribute, contributes a lot to the building the world and sustaining it in a way that is appropriate. The Torah tells us by the Mabel, that it was theft that caused the marble to come. And we, anytime we want to punish a person who does not live up to his word in business, we use the, 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 the formula that he who um, punished the, the generation of the flood um, will punish a person who's not honest, doesn't keep his words. Because from the small, from a small mis- financial misdemeanor, it snowballs into becoming the, 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 a generation of robbery like the Doramabal was. And he says, and the reason for that is because a person does not, does not want to live merely of what he has but needs to take in um, m- m- more and more possessions. In other words, the um, if a person does not train himself to make do with what he has, he will slowly begin to need other people's money and slowly begin to encroach on other people's possession. The, 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 the care and concern with one's own money is an expression, uh, in this case, in, in, in the case of a person doing that, is an expression of wanting to um, 
to make sure that I have everything I need to live off so that I not need other people's money. The care of, of a person's own money is also a statement that someone else's money is highly inappropriate for me and it's not good for me. So the the um, the, 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 the this this fundamental attitude towards money, the care that a person must exercise in his own money, because nothing else in the world is his, and this is where he needs to make sure something well, is something that builds an honest integrity in regards to everything else. He adds that Boaz also is described as eating very simple food. He says he ate bread dipped in vinegar and and roasted grain. He didn't eat big animals and so on. And Torah is teaching you that when a person lives his life simply, frugally, then it's now possible to build a society that's just and honest. If we need much, much more than we have, it's impossible to keep ourselves in check. We're, we're always pushing because we want something outside of our own Daladamas. And that's something that um, will always push us to encroach on other people's possessions. Therefore, the Torah is telling you, that the, 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 the Megillah is telling us about Boaz's lifestyle. Boaz's lifestyle was simple, frugal, careful, and, um, and that's a way to ensure that his money is always honest. In a sense, what he's doing is he's explaining the Medrash that the reason why tzaddikim are so cautious with their money is because they don't steal. What they mean is it's a way for them not to steal. It's a way for them to, keep, to make sure that they're never attempted to take something like this. I'd like to add another point to this explanation, um, why it is that they're so careful with their money. Imagine we tell somebody, you know, uh, you know this person? He, he once um, walked back a mile to pick up a nickel that had dropped out of his pocket or a dime. So we would think that, we would not think all that well of that person. We think he's, he's miser, he's frugal beyond words and so on. But imagine that this person is actually taking someone else's money and bringing it someplace. And then I saw something fell and I go back to pick it up because it's the other person's money. That's a mark of tremendous integrity and it, it's a responsibility. And we could, we could give a person high marks for that. So it's exactly the same in this point. A person walks around with the attitude that it is my money, then going back for pennies or a, a paltry amount compared to what he has would be considered to be um, not a great mida. We would say the person, it, it's, it's not a mida tova. But if a person sees the world as a place where he's been entrusted, it's somebody else's money is entrusted us. who gave me money. Every penny that he gave me is there for a purpose. So what does it mean it's only a nickel? It's not my nickel. The, um, so the, 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 the 
Loshon Chazal, Tzadikim Mamoinen Chavah Levesim Gufam Tashem Pashnei Megesel is a person who steals does not see the money that he has as a trusteeship from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore, yeah, he um, he he steals, and that's that. So why would we be careful with his money? If it's not important enough, then he's then he's a normal person. You know, is cares about a certain percentage of money. So for us, a nickel or a dime, not even worth picking up. But if if they if they're careful about gzela, not to take, it means that every penny that I do possess, I understand as being given to me from Hashem Himself. If it's given to me from Hashem Himself, who am I to um, to say that? Eh, it's it's uh, it's only a nickel. It's not my nickel. So Boaz over here is the same, because he is one of those sadikim. Then everything that he has is meant is not his. It is a trust in Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore every every penny is accounted for.